Every day, a small group of people are making quantum leaps forward, building wealth faster than most dream possible, almost like they have the Midas touch. On Breakaway Wealth, we'll unlock the secrets to breaking out of the herd, thinking big and building wealth on our own terms. And now let's join our host, the creator of Create Tailwind, and your abundance advocate, Jim Oliver. Welcome back. I'm your host, Jim Oliver, and I've got a great guest today, Steve Olsher. Steve, welcome, buddy. Hey, man. Appreciate you having me on. Steve, just real quick so everybody kind of gets a, an idea of you, your background, what you're doing, what we're going to be talking about today. Tell us a little bit about yourself. Pretty much the consummate story of a lifelong entrepreneur, somebody who uh, always wired to try to rub a couple of dimes together to make a quarter. And, uh, you know, I mean, really, you go all the way back to the days of picking up a rake and moving some leaves around to grabbing a shovel and trying to shovel sidewalks and driveways. Um, just always been wired in in that way. It's um, just kind of a interesting trek as I look back on a lot of the entrepreneurial endeavors that I've uh, undertaken over the years. Uh, led me into DJing and uh, DJing at nightclubs. Actually, opened my own nightclub when I was nineteen. Yeah, you know, it's a long story in and of itself. But got into catalogs and dot uh, coms. Launched really early on CompuServe's electronic mall back in '93. That company became liquor.com in uh, 98 when we bought that domain and uh, man real estate development writing put a book on the New York Times list speaking podcasting hosting live events uh, I mean I think you name it I've uh, done it over the years that's awesome and Steve where do you live now buddy so in San Diego and uh, did 44 years in Chicago did my time there and uh, been in San Diego since 2014 nice well I'll tell you what I always tell people if you have all the money in the world and you didn't have to drive anywhere at any given time, especially uh, during rush hour. San Diego is about as good as it gets. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, in the scheme of things in the, in the continental United States here anyway, it's, it's pretty tough to find a better spot. See, I wasn't as smart as you. I grew up in Southern California, not in San Diego, not in Manhattan Beach, because I always tell people if I was from Manhattan Beach, I'd still be there. But, you know, when you grow up in Inglewood, you try to get out of there as fast as you try to get out of Chicago. So, mm -hmm. uh, but, you know, then I went to Missouri and then Colorado and then now South Dakota and Florida. You know, Florida is about as close as I'm going to get back to California, I think, because my wife's from Naples, Florida. So we didn't really have a choice on uh, where our second home was going to be. That was going to be it. Yeah. Well, plenty of room here for you, man, if you decide to come back. You know, I would for uh, five months and one less than six, one day less than six months. So I don't have to pay that state income tax, but uh, I got buddies that do that too. They go to Indian Wells or they go to outside of uh, Carlsbad and uh, for sure. six, you know, they don't go for six months. It's, uh, it's like the Canadians, they, they come down to Florida, but they, they have exactly how many days they can be there. It's pretty interesting. Yeah. Well, you know, the loopholes are made for a reason. Yeah. So, you know, I love when, you know, when I was a kid, I'm, I'm a, just a few years older than you. You know, I had a, I had a paper route. I got a moped so I could do the paper route faster so I could have two or three paper routes, you know, and, and, you know, I think that back then we're always thinking about how do I have my own business? How do I make more money? How do I leverage money? And, you know, did you learn that from your parents or were you just born with it? What do you think was the key factor? Yeah, I'm Jewish. There you go. That's yeah. awesome. 
Yeah, really. No, do I need to say more? No, I mean, uh, honestly, <laughs> you know, it's funny, but it's um, it's kind of true, right? I mean, it's there's just there is something I think in the DNA, and you know, I write uh, I write about that pretty extensively uh, in terms of how we're all naturally wired to excel, and I just don't know where it comes from. It's not a choice, you know, but I, I just know that I've never been wired to to really work for someone else. And I've always just really enjoyed trying to, to figure out how to make a buck, you know, yeah. and not, um, you know, not in a slimy way, although I did sell speakers out of the back of a van when I was younger, um, but not in a slimy way, but just, you know, look, I like what money does from the standpoint of being able to support the, the lifestyle that I want and keep, keep the lights on, keep bread on the table. And reality is, you know, I've been on the brink of bankruptcy, not once, but twice. And, and I'll tell you, I just, you know, there's a lot of old adages and mantras or whatever you want to call it, where people talk about, you know, having money versus not having money and having money being a lot more, uh, let's just say it's a lot better when you have it than when you don't. And, and, I, and I can't argue with that. You know, given the choices of having it or not having it, I'd rather have it. You know, I always uh, um, like to say I've been I've been poor and I've and I've been wealthy and I'd rather be wealthy. So, uh, you know, I mean, it's pretty simple, right? Being poor sucks. Yeah. And by the way, we always say money gives you choices. Choices give you freedom. So money equals freedom. You know, and we're not just my kids think all I talk about is money because we do this all day long and we show people how to become their own banker and how to build cash flow and financial freedom. And they think that's all I, but it's really the freedom. It's really the choices. And I want my children to have choices. I want my clients to have choices and freedom. But you know, something that you said being Jewish now I was adopted. I have no idea if I'm Jewish or not, but, but I have that same desire that you talked about, but I, here's one of my best business stories that I love. By the way, let me help you out there. Um, yeah. Having seen you on video, now you're not. You don't have the nose for it. Okay. <laughs> I, you know, I mean, uh, I, 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 uh, I uh, yeah, I, 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 it's funny you say that because one of my Jewish friends just said that to me too about two weeks ago. That's why I'm smiling. Oh, you can't see the video, but I'm <laughs> smiling really big. But here's one of my favorite stories is in the diamond business, it seems like it's dominated by Jewish businessmen, right? And when they're dealing with billions of dollars of diamonds, millions and billions of dollars, there's no contracts. Because the deal is, if you screw me over, you're out. Yeah. Right? It's a handshake. It's just, it's, there doesn't need to be a contract. And I think that's really cool. And um, one of my favorite books is by Rabbi Daniel Lappin, and it's called uh, Thou Shalt Prosper. And he talks about just the Jewish culture, how you're taught over time throughout the Bible, everything else, and, and culturally not working for somebody else, working for yourself, being an entrepreneur. So tell me some of the, you know, you, you mentioned the book. Tell us the title of your book. Uh, so the book is called What Is Your What? Discover the One Amazing Thing You Were Born to Do. And uh, put that on the New York Times list in 2013, I think, going back, something like that. So it's, uh, and it's really always been that question that I've had for most of my adult life, which is, you know, really, what, what am I good at? And, and how am I naturally wired to excel? And even though I've always been 
uh, as we've discussed here, wired as an entrepreneur didn't necessarily mean that I really knew what to do. And so after having taken Myers-Briggs, and by the way, they just uh, released a, a study that showed that Myers-Briggs is irrelevant, which is kind of what I've, that's how I felt after taking it. And strengths finder and what colors your parachute, you know, all those. I mean, it's just, they, they all really left me with more questions than answers. Yeah. And so I just kind of always felt like there's got to be an easier way here to, to hit the ground running and, and be able to, to understand what it is that I, I really am here to do and want to do. And so I started because of my background in, in business and having some success, early success uh, in business. I started doing a little bit of teaching and trying to help people with their businesses and make money and so on. And the, the more that I started working with some of those folks on their foundational elements of creating that business and really understanding how they're naturally wired to excel and so on, the more it really became clear that like so many of us have these same questions about, you know, what are we really good at? What are we going to do to, to make money with that? And then who are we going to do that for? And what I realized in the work that I started doing with folks then uh, over those years is that I'm, I'm, really, I'm really working from a framework, for lack of a better term, of helping people understand what their core gift is and then the primary vehicle that they'll use to share that gift and then the people that they're most compelled to serve. And so that really became the basis of the what is your what framework of the gift, the vehicle, and the people being the three pieces of the puzzle, sort of the three legs of the tripod, if you will, that you need to have answers to in order to really thrive. And what I found was that, you know, if you take out any one of those three legs, just like a tripod, you know, the whole thing really does topple over. And so what is your what takes people through the what is your what framework of identifying their gift, their vehicle, and their people, and then how do they share and monetize that? That's really cool that you take the strength from, you know, kind of the soup to nuts to where now how are you going to serve people and who are you going to serve people with that gift? You know, I've done a lot of strategic coach, Dan Sullivan stuff, and he has a concept called unique ability, and he spends a lot of time trying to figure out what your unique ability is. And, and, and sometimes when I was first in these meetings, and he'd say, there's something that you do that you do better than anyone else. And I see a lot of people in the room, there'd be 30 or 40 people in the room. And you could see the people that had confidence that they would say, yeah, there, there's, there's one thing I do better than anyone else. And you see other people that didn't have that confidence. And they'd be like, well, I don't know if there's anything I really do better than anybody else. But then that was it. It's kind of like, that's your unique ability. You focus on that. I like that you've taken it to the, you know, two more steps. And so how do you find that what? Well, without going into the details of all of the steps, I'll simply say this, which is there, there are clues, right? I mean, Tony Robbins talks about success leaves clues. And there, there are clues that if you go back through your life, you can kind of begin to uncover some of those things that, that really do put fire in your soul. And so the, the what is your what framework is really designed to help people identify where those, those 
interests lie, for lack of a better term. And, and you know, don't get me wrong. There are some great things in Myers-Briggs and what colors your parachute and strengths finders, you know, and so on. It's just, uh, again, as a whole, I didn't feel like it provided what people really need to hit the ground running. And so, but as an example, like in, in what colors your parachute, they talk about, you know, if you go into a, a party as an example, right. and there's conversations going on in the various corners of a room, you know, there's a conversation about money and there's a conversation around sports and there's a conversation around spirituality and self-help. And, you know, there's, and there's a conversation around, you know, I don't know, politics, right? And I'm walking in that room. And of course, the first thing I'm thinking is, where's the freaking door? Like, get me out of here. But, you know, if you had to choose which conversation to be in, which of those would you choose, right? So it's just simply a matter of beginning to understand where your innate interests lie. And when you, when you come out the other side of going through the exercises, you'll have a pretty clear understanding of what your core gift is from the standpoint of, it could be something like teaching or protecting or enrolling or entertaining or, or healing, et cetera, et cetera. And so once you understand what that gift is, then it's a matter of how am I going to share that gift. So as an example, if you're, let's say, a healer, and you find that healing uh, is that core gift for you, maybe the primary vehicle that you use to share that gift is, I don't know, massage, right? Or something, or being a nurse or something of that nature. And then, of course, the last piece of the puzzle is, okay, so if I know that my core gift is healing, and I know that I want to be, let's just say, nurse. So nursing is, is how I'm going to share that gift as my vehicle. Then it becomes a question of who am I most compelled to serve? And so where, ostensibly, do I want to be a nurse? And, and who do I want to really see in front of me? And, you know, there's a lot of folks out there who have inklings as to what it is they might want to do, but aren't really sure if that's it or not. And so my philosophy is just get out there and immerse yourself in that world a bit, whether it's on a volunteer basis or an apprenticeship or, you know, whatever it might be to at least get those people in front of you and start working with them so that you can see, yeah, this, this actually is very much what I want to be doing. Now that makes, uh, in the book, it walks you through all of this stuff. It does. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Step by step. You know, that's really cool. And by the way, just so that we know, where do we get the book? Uh, well, I actually give the book away for free. And and, and yes, it's uh, it's the entire book. So not just a chapter or two, but uh, you can grab the entire book uh, at, at very simply whatisyourwhat.com. So just whatisyourwhat.com. And yeah, we give away the entire book. That's awesome. That's awesome. Well, I, you know, before uh, the show, I went on there and I ordered the book. So I'm, I'm excited to get it and to read it and to um, walk through. I love systems because I'm not, I'm not very systematized, but I'm good at following systems. So when you say step-by-step, step, I'm good at step-by-step. Step. But I, what I find is that most people never, ever try to figure out what they want. They're almost mm -hmm. afraid to, to say, I want this right? Yeah. It, because then they think, well, then I'm going to look embarrassed if I don't get it or, you know, and, and it's the exact opposite is if you tell people what you want and you share that with people, it's amazing how people will appear in your life 
to help you get there. And you'll start to figure it out. You'll, you know, <laughs> it's not ever easy. A lot of times uh, I was reading something this morning and it talked about it's uphill. Like mm-hmm. everything worthwhile is uphill. Yeah. Okay. So what? It's uphill. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, and as human beings, I mean, I do think that if something comes too easy to us, there is that fine line there of not really appreciating what you have. Yeah. So I don't know. It's, it, it's, it's strange that way, but you know, on one hand, obviously you want to do something where it just comes as naturally to you as breathing. But at the same token, it's like when you get results so easily, I think we, it may just be ingrained in, in our collective DNA, but there's just, there's something about, I mean, it's like, it's like you look at the guy who has the absolutely gorgeous wife and she's a 10 out of 10 in terms of looks and she's got this amazing personality and it's like, you know, the perfect woman. And of course I'm, you know, just laying out an example here, but then this guy is, you know, he's a dog yeah, cheating and he's out doing whatever he's doing. And you kind of scratch your head and you go, you've got the perfect woman. Like why on earth would you do that? And I'm not saying that every man would, but I am saying that there are some men who do. And I think in some circumstances, it is because it just comes too easily to them and for them. And they begin to look for more of a challenge. And so as men specifically, I'm, I can't speak for women because I don't know if they're wired in the same way. But I do know for men specifically, we, we need a challenge to feel needed and to feel awake and to really feel alive. There's just there's something to that. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. And I, you know, you said something, how did you learn this or whatever? And you said, well, I'm Jewish. And I'm, I happen to be reading the Old Testament right now. And I'm struggling through it because I'm just telling you, it's, it's kind of, I don't know the right word without being, because I don't want to be disrespectful to the Old Testament, but it's a tough read, right? But one of my favorite sayings is, is adversity introduces a man to himself. And that, that's the way that the quote was written, but it introduces a person to themselves. But I'll tell you what, as a people, God has given the Jewish people a lot of adversity in the, in the Old Testament. I'm only about halfway through it. So I have no idea what more is coming, but, but man, he is, yeah. he's creating some adversity. So maybe that culturally is where that is so ingrained in the culture. Thinking of that, Give me one, you know, your rabbi, your dad, your uncle, any secret Jewish advice. I don't hope that sounds right <laughs> that uh, that you can share with the audience. You know, so it's interesting. And, and I will say this, which is, you know, my parents, they weren't really the best teachers mm-hmm. in, in that way. And we were not raised with money by any stretch. I mean, we, we were okay, but we were definitely middle class to even lower middle class, especially after my parents' divorce. And then my mom as a single mom was trying to raise me and my brother and my sister on her own. So, you know, reality is there were roaches in the kitchen. There were plenty of times where 
things that I needed, we, we were not able to, to buy. You know, it's not like we had this secret Jewish cult that we all got together with and we're like, here's our, our scheme to, to make money. Right, right, right. You know, and it wasn't something where in, in our family, where mom or dad sat down and said, you know, hey, here's, here's what we're going to have to do here to make some money. I mean, I didn't even, I'll put it to you this way, I didn't even learn how to balance a checkbook from my parents. No, no one sat down with me and said, you know, hey, let's, let's go ahead and get you, uh, you know, in a bank account and let's balance your checkbook and all of that fun stuff. So it's interesting because as I look back, really the, the only true influence that I had really when you come right down to it from, uh, from a, a, a mentorship standpoint uh, was my grandfather. And we had an opportunity to work together for a couple of years before his passing. But, you know, the, the main takeaway that I got from, from my grandfather was very different than the type of lesson that you would even expect. And before he passed, I asked him just a very simple question of, is there anything as far as business is concerned that you really want me to know? And what he said was very simply this, which he says, learn how to forgive fast. Hmm. And what, what he meant was in business, you're going to have a lot of trials. You're going to have a lot of tribulations. He was involved with a number of lawsuits over the years where he was trying to fight for the common good of a particular industry, in our case, the liquor industry. Mm -hmm and fighting the fight that other people wouldn't take on. And there were a lot of people who viewed him uh, in a negative way for the fight that he, for a lot of the fights that he decided to take on. In hindsight, there were the right fights to take on, but he made a lot of enemies. And there were people, in fact, who took it to the extent of not uh, paying him for things that he was owed because they took such a harsh stance on his position to the tune of him losing you know, a significant amount of money because people stopped paying him because of this fight that he was taking on. And he could have been very bitter about that and he could have been very just angry about those relationships. Uh, but what he really believed in was that, you know, if you hold on to that anger, it, it really just consumes you. And I think really that was sort of the, the moral of the story there is just learn how to forgive fast. You know, I think that's great advice, man. That's really cool. And I appreciate you sharing that. Yeah. And uh, how long has it been since your grandpa passed? Uh, he passed in 94. 94. So it's been a while. Number, yeah. number of years. Yeah. But that's been a, that's a great lesson. Forgive fast. I mean, I think that's good. That's a good lesson in uh, any relationship that you have, especially in a business relationship. You know, you said something too is our parents don't really know about money, so they don't know how to teach us about money. And our teachers in school, they really don't know anything about money, so they don't know how to teach us. There's no financial education in this country. The only way to get it is to do it yourself and to find the right coaches and mentors. And it's one of the things that we do at createtailwind.com and through Breakaway Wealth Podcast is we try to just educate people about money, just like you're educating people about how to take their their what and get it out to the people that they want to serve. And, you know, I really uh, have a lot of respect for that, Steve. And what you have a podcast too, right? 
A couple shows, actually. So the show that's probably going to be near and dear to uh, your audience's heart and your heart is a show called Beyond Eight Figures. And uh, on that show, we sit down exclusively with entrepreneurs who have either exited for more than $10 million or currently run businesses that gross more than $10 million annually. Uh, And we get to the bottom of how they started and scaled and in some cases exited from that business. So Beyond Eight Figures uh, is the one podcast. And then uh, Reinvention Radio is our second show that we've been doing since 2009. Uh, And that show is more about sitting down with really interesting people and business and life, you name it, from all walks uh, and how they have reinvented their life and what they're doing to really dismantle the status quo now as, uh, as a result. You know, it's really cool because you, you, it's funny that you said that Tony Robbins says success leaves clues because I was going to say that when you, when you answered the question, hey, where did this come from? And then you said it in a few minutes later in the, in the interview. But I love that you're sharing those success stories because, you know, we've all read books that share success stories and they're really big success stories. But I think that anybody that owns a business out there you know, getting to sell the business for 10 million, 100 million, 50 million, you, you know, with most industries, that's doable. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's just knowing how to do it. And I've had a couple of friends in the last year to sell their businesses for one for 15 and another one for like 27 and um, another one for 185, which I'll take the 185. But <laughs> sometimes I look at it and it's, the 185, by the way, was a family business, multi-generation. Um, okay, you know, just lucky, right? You just happen to be born to the right parents. But the other businesses were all grown from zero. And one of the reasons I'm so passionate about going out and working with business owners is I love those stories. So I'm definitely going to listen to your podcast because I eat that up. I love listening to people that started with nothing, that have grown their business, and they've learned along the way. There's normally adversity, just like with with you, and uh, you're uh, talking about when you don't have enough money, or there's roaches in the kitchen, or mom's single mom trying to just make things happen. It builds character in you, and it creates the where you don't want that for your children, for your family, and you kind of on an honor, you know, take care of your you know your mom and you know, et cetera. So that's kind of, that's really cool. And I know we talked about your book. My last question is what book has been just a, like your favorite book or the book that you would recommend outside of the book that you wrote? Because I think this is a really cool book, but is there any other book that's just made a huge impact on you? Um, you know, I gotta, I'm, I gotta go back a number of years to just kind of my tried and, and true favorite yeah. Um, which is guerrilla marketing. And I had a, a really great opportunity to, to be able to have Jay Conrad Levinson uh, on my stage. I used to do an event called Internet Profits, P-R-O-P-H-E-T-S Live, so Internet Profits Live. And uh, I had a really great opportunity to have uh, Jay Conrad Levinson uh, on the stage there. And I've always been a huge fan of that book. And even 30 years later, uh, it's still so much of what he wrote about is still very applicable to today, uh, especially as you look at what's going on in the world of, of online marketing as an example and trying to cut through the clutter uh, in that world is becoming increasingly difficult and increasingly expensive. So what are your other options? And, and a lot of what he talked about uh, in that book is is very much 
relevant to what we're seeing right here today. So it's, um, it's a book I still highly recommend. You know, it's, it, it's interesting that you say that, Steve, because I find that books that stand the test of time, like, the, like Guerrilla Marketing, those books are the best books because it's, it's not just the which way the wind is blowing at, at, in, in a market at any given time. And it's not about luck. It's not about timing. It's just about tactics that are, that are true tactics. You know, our, uh, one of the books that we hand out is called Becoming Your Own Banker by, by R. Nelson Nash. And Nelson is the godfather of infinite banking concept, but he wrote the book 25 years ago, whatever it is. And the concepts are as relevant today as they were 25 years ago. And sometimes I get people that they look at the numbers and interest rates were different and, you know, and dividends were different and stuff like that. And I just say, you're missing the point. Mm-hmm. You got to look at the message and, you know, whether it's how many or what am I trying to say? How a man thinketh? No, that's I not think, right. Yeah. 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 As, um, as a man. As a man thinketh. That's right. Sorry. I, was, I knew I was uh, just not getting it or think and grow rich or something like that. I mean, that have been around for a hundred years or more Yeah, is the message is still great and the message is still perfect. So thank you for sharing that. You could get a free book audience. Go to what's the website again, Steve? Just what is your what.com. What is your what? I love it. I love it. Steve, thank you so much. You've got me fired up and motivated and, and inspired. So audience, go get that book. I, mine's on the way or it's, it's at least ordered. So Steve, thank you for your time. Thank you for serving all these people out there. And maybe we'll have you on again next time to talk about your podcast a little bit more. But I'm going to go check out your podcast. I'm going to check out the book. Thank you so much for coming on. Yeah, appreciate you having me. Want to become your own banker and build wealth on your own terms? We'd love to help. Go to createtailwind.com to learn more and schedule a complimentary consultation.